welcome to Oakham Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael. And if you want to learn the, about the secrets of the universe, the law of attraction, mysticism, brohood, gambling movies, pop culture, archangels, magic, good food, business, health, family, and mediumship, smash that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, press the noti icon, and spread this video around like peanut butter and jelly. So today we have on Brad Lampert, uh, producer, talent manager, international speaker. So happy to have you, Brad. Thank you for coming on. Oh, guys, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, I mean, before we begin, I was literally going to ask you about Robert Downey Jr., but like, to the, I think it's your right. There's literally Iron Man, a poster flying over yeah, your yeah. head. <laughs> so there's a picture of you and Robert Downey Jr. on your Insta. Uh, it's on your website. And literally, he's probably like one of the coolest people ever to take pictures. What was, what was going through your head? when you were standing next to this man? Well, what's funny is I have known Robert for up, it's been almost six years at this point. Wow. Um, and that was the first time I've asked for a photo. Um, just to keep it purely professional and respectful and right. never fall in that category of a fan or whatever. And that was actually at his Christmas party. So I was like, I gotta, I just need one. I've known right. you for five years. Like, I just want to, you know, finish that circle of, you know, I worked with him and his team and I've known him for a while and just never had that one thing that I could, you know, tie it back to and keep. Right. So take, now, take us into Team Downey. Like, yeah, yeah. Take, I was, I was gonna in, say. Yeah. Take us to Team Downey. Like, what was it like working for? I, I firmly believe one of the greatest actors of all time who have literally never won an Oscar without question. No without joke. Question. He's without number question. one, Woody Harrelson, number two for me. hundred percent. Yeah. Without question. Um, it, it, it was a dream because, you know, I've always admired him for not only his work ethic and, and what he's accomplished in his career, but also the trials and tribulations that he's overcome. Sure. Um, it's, it's easy to have life handed to you and, you know, everything goes right and whatever, everything's easy, but his life was not, you know, and, and he went all the way to the bottom and he rose <laughs> like a Phoenix from the ashes and he is Robert Downey Jr. So, right. um, that's something that, you know, I, I respect those elements about people, um, you know, obviously you, you can't always control what's handed to you, um, what good or bad, but the fact that he was able to pick himself back up, right, his wrongs, fix, uh, certain aspects of his life and also overcome just constant adversity and, and things that he was being faced with. Um, I have a, a ton of respect for him. And then as an actor, I mean, like you said, he's arguably one of the best of all time. 100%. Um, so for me to have that opportunity to work with him and his incredible team, I'll forever be grateful for that. And that was my shotgun intro to the business as well. Right. Um, I had been in the sports industry for almost 10 years up to that point. So I had entertainment to an extent, um, but I was not your traditional USC film school grad or anything like that. Um, but, uh, you know, the chips fell where they may, and I'm very grateful. Mm -hmm. So what was the, the inside workings of Team Downey? doing his social media campaign always wondered what is it like to run social media and that aspect for celebrities because obviously they make it look easy they make it look so natural and i'm sure it's it's anything but not so how how what's a day in the life of managing a celebrity's social media presence online like 
Well, I can't speak too much for Downey. Um, I was just a very small piece in that pie. Um, I did a lot specifically for him and his team, uh, script analysis, script coverage, marketing, PR. My sole purpose working there was add as much value as possible mm-hmm. in as many areas as possible. So be the person of value day in and day out. And that's that's what I did. And at the same time, like I said, I was able to learn the ins and outs of the industry, which is something that, like I said, I didn't go to film school, um, but it was something I wanted to get deeper and deeper into. Um, but I brought my business and marketing background and I worked with celebrities, professional athletes, managing their social media accounts, working with teams and agencies. So for me, um, it's about telling a story. You know, so for example, like, uh, I think it was 2010, 2011, um, at the time, Willie Parker, the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers left the Steelers to go, uh, play with the Washington Redskins. He ended up getting hurt in training camp and got cut from the team. So he went from 2008 winning a Super Bowl to basically being unemployed a few years later. The NFL is a vicious animal, and uh, it, it's not as easy as everyone wants to make it out to be. So I kind of reached out to him and was like, hey, man, let's get social media cranking up. Let's get that going. And I took him from like zero to 39,000 followers in, I'm not joking, 24 hours. How did, um, you, how did you do that? What what were your like? Did you have a list secret? What's the secret sauce? What's the secret sauce? Well, the the secret sauce is I'm very strategic about how I go about my business. So, for example, if I were to pick somebody from the uh, Minnesota Vikings, it wouldn't have happened that way. But because he was a Steeler, I'm from Pittsburgh. I have so many relationships um, that I hold near and dear, and that I'm able to get stuff done. I was able to get him situated. So I had other pages that I was able to cross promote and blow him out on, right? And and that's where the str- uh, the strategy and the kind of um, putting your flag in the right spot is important. Um, so I built him up on social media. Uh, a Resign Thirty Nine campaign was launched, and this was during the NFL lockout at the time, and not a whole lot was going on. But we had a ton of press behind it. Uh, he was getting agent meetings. He was getting uh, uh, conversations with Mike Tomlin, and it got to the point where he went from being cut to, "Hey, if our backup running back doesn't sign this extension, we're going to sign you." And at the time, the backup was Moeldy Moore, and he was unsure whether he was going to come back. Unfortunately, he decided to sign the extension, and that closed the door. But from the power of social media, that's what that is, right there in a nutshell. From a guy who was unemployed to a guy in in one of the most difficult times of the NFL, a lockout, to create enough buzz and noise and excitement to bring him back. Um but that's it. It's it's being very purposeful with the stories you're trying to tell, the messages you're trying to tell, um, how you say it. It has to be in the voice of the person. So you know, I've worked with so many different kinds of people. I've worked with Lynn Swan, who's a very presidential and very well spoken, and and he was the I, I want to say the governor uh, at one point. So he he carries himself differently than you know, a Robert or a, or a Willie Parker. And, and it's once again, typing and speaking in, in a way that 
sounds like them. You're almost like a, <laughs> a puppet master of ventriloquist, but it's all branding. You, you need to understand the brand. You need to understand what that brand's voice is. Um, and if you don't understand that, you're going to lose the, the following. Right. You're going to lose the supporters because they're going to feel that disconnect and that disingenuousness, um, and and that's where you'll lose them. Where did you learn all this? Is it? I mean, to me, this sounds like the Gary V playbook. <laughs> well, thank you, you. What you're implementing, man. Uh, I I started early. Like really? I right. I have always been a driven, you know, goal oriented. I want to be around the things I'm passionate about, right. and and I don't care how hard it's going to be. I will blunt force trauma this thing until it happens. And, and that's kind of been my MO since I was in high school. And when I found my passion for the Steelers and, and uh, I realized how happy that made me, I was like, I need to make this Amazing. a part of my life. And um, I saw Jerry Maguire and I really resonated with that film. One of the best films. Um, and I felt the connection with Jerry. Mm -hmm. I, am a personable person. I love people. I love seeing other people happy. I love being a person of service to other people. Mm -hmm. So for me, I connected with Jerry because he wasn't just servicing these athletes and looking at them as objects that create revenue for him. He was like, you're my brother. Like, mm -hmm. I care about you. I care about your family. Whereas Bob Sugar, on the other hand, was like, I don't know your name, but your contract's coming up. You know, right. and that was the disconnect. And I was just like, wow, like I am Jerry. And that's what got me on the path in the sports industry. And that's when I really pushed heavy to to be a, a person of value in that space for these professional athletes. And at the time, Facebook just launched and nobody knew what they were doing. And I trial by error taught myself. I was also working full time at a uh, agency. Uh, while I was, so I started myself just self-educating and, and doing graphic design and Photoshop and things like that through high school. And that's where I first got connected with guys like Willie Parker and James Ferrier and Heinz Ward and guys like that. Wow. And then after that, in college, I was working full-time at a marketing agency. So I was just like school, marketing agency, entrepreneurship. Like I was just like, Foot on the gas, let's go. And that was the coolest part about, you know, the early years is I really learned trial by fire. And, you know, as a freshman in college, I was taking Fortune 500 meetings in New York City with the marketing agency. And my sole job was to sit there and be quiet. Don't mm -hmm. say a word. And that's what I did. I, I had a nickname with these companies, the silent assassin, because I would just sit in the room. Mm -hmm laser focus and just soak up everything so now you know you play poker you play poker i should i should no, i'm very seriously. good at, no I, I i've never played poker funny enough but i love negotiating and i'm right. very good at negotiating so for me when i have these meetings with these massive studios and brands now i i'm so calm cool collected there there right. is no there's nothing to be nervous about right Right. Yeah, no experience. You can't buy experience. You can't. And and I I'm grateful for my education, but nothing beats learning on the fly. Nothing like beats. By the time this airs, the Steelers will probably be Super Bowl champions. Hey, my man. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I yeah. I don't. I'm I'm actually I'm actually a Tampa Bay fan. 
I, That's I, saying a lot. For 25 years, I've never been to Tampa Bay, but I'm a huge Tampa Bay fan. I've never missed a snap. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful that Tom Brady decided to come down. I've never, you know, again, I'm a Long Island guy, right? Like, I love that. Yeah. But also the Jets, but get, it's time for Gary. And I want to talk about Gary, but like Gary has to start, like, he's got to make the, got to buy the Jets already. It, yeah. It's like, it's done. Like, he's got to, he's the only one that can fix them. <laughs> he's the only one that can save them. <laughs> they, they literally don't know how to win when it's, when they have to win. And they literally don't know how to lose when they have to lose. But anyway, I digress on the Jets. I don't want this to be a, a Jets podcast. Gary V, that picture of you and him. I mean, you guys look like twins. He, what, like, <laughs> legit? Like, you got you look like you guys have known I'm, each other. I'm, I am. Years. I am a disciple of Gary V. Uh, we started this show 18 months ago, and we, we, we thank you very much. We didn't. We were anti-social media. I so wish I was like you growing up. Biggest regret of my life. Biggest, biggest regret was that I, that I was anti-social media. We don't need this. It's stupid. I don't need to get in touch with my ex-girlfriends. What am I doing this for? <laughs> and then as you as you peel the page, as you peel the onion, as you turn the pages, you realize, holy cow, if you're not gonna have an online presence, if you're not gonna have your own brand, you're gonna be left in the dust in in a few years. And then 100%. that's that's how Oakham Bros was born, and that's how we started with our you know advertising our business. We own a global car service. We nice. deal with we deal with all the same people that you deal with. We just yeah. drive them. Okay. Um, we were introduced by Nick Sugars. Yeah. So you know Big that, shout out to Nick. Big yeah, shout out to that Nick whole universe. So how would you tell somebody starting today? to start their online brand personality. It says, I really want to, I want to create a presence online. Be relevant. I, be relevant. How, how could they go and do that? Start. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, it is as cliche as it sounds, but that's like my biggest issue starting. Like if I would have started, started on my stuff back in high school, the way I handled my professional athletes and, and clients, I would probably be eons further than where I'm at now. But my problem was I put so much time and effort into them and kind right. of neglected my own stuff to where I'm playing catch up now. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for where I'm at, but I've already seen and gotten a taste of what it's like when you have a decent sized following. Uh, you're attractive to brands, you're attractive to public figures and personalities and and just the ability to collaborate and do amazing things uh, on that side. It It is a, a sword that is, I mean, look at Charlie D'Amelio, 16 years old, and she's running the world. She's like 16? It, yeah. yeah. How old is Bella? She just got a show on YouTube. Bella, there's like a lot of conspiracies. Yeah, I think Bella's like mid-20 or 30. Like yeah. she's Really? Yeah, but yeah. Dixie and... and uh, uh, Charlie, they're they, like legit look like Disney princesses came to life with tattoos. Like, well, they legit. are, they're very much, uh, the D'Amelio family, they're the next Kardashians. And oh, I yeah. made that in the really? most empire way. A hundred percent. They had, uh, I forget the guy's name, but one of the top agents at CAA, I believe left CAA to go run the D'Amelio business. Wow. And that was like a deadline article a few weeks ago. And it was like, this is it, guys. We're trying to tell you this is it. Right. Um, and, and it's true. I mean, she she can sit there eating cake right. and it'll get 6.5 million views. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of the top guys at uh, that's six point five. I just want to say that's 6.5 million likes. The yeah. views are into the. Into no, the you're right. You're 30 million. Right. Right. No, no, 20, 30 million is like nothing for her. 
No, I know. It's, I it's, know. It's, it's truly she incredible. She has 100 million followers. <laughs> that, that's Kardashian big. Yeah. I want to mention what you mentioned, CAA. Um, I'm a writer, and I one of the top guys at CAA, um, he, he runs forward management. He's nice. representing me, this guy, John Levin. So, like, I'm trying to... I'm trying to make it just like everyone else. I love it. It's just, it, you know, everything. W what people don't understand is, is patience is virtue with social media. hundred percent. And same thing with, with writing and everything and, with life. You know, we're 18 months into this podcast, 19 months into the podcast and we're, we're at 1200 subscribers on YouTube, which good for you. I mean, yeah, right. Like it started we out. We didn't buy, we didn't buy one of them. Don't, right. don't, do you it. know, and, and we, we did it. We, we it took a year where it took a year for us to find our voices to get comfortable talking in front of cameras, and then we started interviewing people once we basically spoke about everything that we wanted to speak about between us, yeah. and then we started interviewing people, and then we realized oh we have to interview just like what you said with the, with the um with the football guy where Joey Parker yeah you have to I'm I'm not in the sports so excuse me it's okay <laughs> but you know you have to collab with other people that have followings and then mm -hmm. that's it. And that, yep. that that's how you grow your social media presence, or in in that respect, unless you're Charlie D'Amelio. Brad, what what are your what, what's the or, the pecking order to grow your social media presence? I mean, like, I got to be honest, like I'm not an Instagram guy. You know, as an author, as a writer, like I will post a picture and everything, but like, I, I you know, I'm I, I really enjoy LinkedIn for the business side of things. This YouTube YouTube to me is everything. I mean, YouTube mm -hmm. it's literally your own freaking TV station, like it's your yeah. own TV channel. That's true. What is like your kind of like your hierarchy and like you have to do this, you got to do this, you got it's Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. My my priority right now is TikTok without question. Yeah, really? Without question. I had why? Why? Uh, the organic reach yep. is I, I posted a video and at the time I had like 3000 followers on TikTok. I posted a video the other day talking about the Mando season two finale ridiculous 400,000 views it's unbelievable Are you serious the video i like it grogu um <laughs> but yeah is the, it, this is the future i love it no 100 percent. this is the future of star wars right here 100 percent. but but that video like i said 400,000 plus views and now i'm at i think 7,000 followers or something and i've just i've gotten a taste of what that organic for you page looks like. Right. And at the end of the day, social media is about entertainment, inspiration, and insight. So if you can do one or more of those things, you can build a following. So you guys, very insightful. You're informing people of things. You're trying to educate them, uh, motivating them, uh, and obviously entertain. So you're checking all the boxes. But for you personally, for your brands, you have to find out which niche you're in or multiple niches you're in, right? So me, Brad Lambert, I want to entertain, I want to inspire, and I want to educate and bring some insight best I can. Different days provide different things. So like if I'm at a premiere and I'm on the red carpet, I'm trying to combine the entertainment aspect with the motivation aspect. Like if you chase your passions and you provide value and you're kind to others, good things tend to happen. Yeah, what I love so much about social media, and it took us a while for us to define what what we want to talk about, and anything goes. We talk like literally Michael's intro, where we talk Legit. about we talk about and movies. Yeah. 
we talk about movies, archangels, we interview people, we talk about growing up in a family business, we talk about travel, we interviewed the GBTA president, who's the Global Business Travel Association, and it's our universe. Yeah. And if somebody wants to come along for the ride and look as to what we're into, and it's it's resonating with people and and you and you make fans and then you make super fans where all of a sudden you start seeing the same people over and over again come to your come to your live streams yeah they make comments and they're insightful about it and then you interact back with them and then you just build this community and network and it's it's so it's so wonderful especially because we had a year of silence yeah nobody was interacting with us about anything and then uh we interviewed you know the critical drinker I've heard of it. He's go to go to Critical Drinker. I mean, he's like anti new Star Wars. He's all about the retro stuff. Great guy. Overall, just a really great guy. But yeah, no, go ahead, Mikey. All right. Yeah, no. So like I'm I'm in a kind of a conundrum and I'm coming to you as a fan. I'm coming to you as a brother from another mother. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, So my entertainment attorney who represents my career this woman is old school Hollywood. I call her the Illuminati because she's literally pulling the strings from behind the curtains and making sure the biggest TV shows of all time, the biggest characters of all time. She told me she doesn't want me on social media. She's like, I don't want her top clients. I, I could say uh, who their client. I can't say who she is, but she put the Simpsons on air. Okay. Sure. She, she put SpongeBob on air. Okay, this woman is the Illuminati. She's she's the powerhouse behind Hollywood. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, her son is running one of the biggest studios in the industry. She told me, "You you stay off social media." And and I have a Twitter feed. I have like twenty five hundred followers, two thousand followers, whatever. My Facebook is you know um, it's friends more and open family. Yeah. It's friends and family and everything. LinkedIn huge. It, it really helps our you know Eric and I. We come from a family um, owned uh, corporate car service, a global. Yeah. Car service. We've driven you to a few of the premieres. Um, <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no, no BS. No, no. To the Star Wars stuff and to uh, it. to to the Marvel stuff. But like, I'm trying to tell her that like I want to be on TikTok. But yeah. my 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 manager saying you don't need to do this. My attorney saying you don't need to do this. What do you say to people like that? And they're they're old school, man. I mean, these are these like they, this guy started CAA. I get it. I get it. And now he's running his own shingle. What do you say? Because like I want to be on TikTok and talking about the universe. I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction, archangels, magic with a K, teaching people what I've learned. I wrote a book called Just Ask the Universe. I wrote it. it, We're going on 10 years. It's in the top still in the top 100 most read books on Amazon. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. It's helped people get the job they wanted. All over the world, the, the the spouse they want, the the career they want, the 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 home they want, and it was it was like the quintessential law of attraction book. I would talk about that. I would like to talk about that on TikTok. I have an account. I have ten followers without even trying, and that's not even f- friends and family. Yeah. My nephew, Eric's brother, no, uh, Eric's son, my, Eric's son, my son, Michael. Okay, my, my nephew, <laughs> Eric's son. He posts every day. He's a six-year-old little cocker. And he just, he posts these videos of him dancing like Charlie D'Amelio. Kid's got 150 subscribers. I, like, what is it? Zelo dude, Eric? Let's do a shout out. Yeah, Zelo dude. Zelo dude. I love it. <laughs> what, do I, what do I say to my attorney the next time I'm eating lunch with her and saying, I have a TikTok channel now? And, and- I, I mean, look, the, the safe approach isn't always the right approach. And I think social media is scary to a lot of people. Yes. I, especially old school people. I had to convince Lynn Swan. Yeah. 
to yeah. get on social media. And that was a no go. He didn't want to hear about it. Right. He didn't want anything to do with it. But when, when you take it, the control out of their hands and they don't have to do anything, when you show them the value and the ROI that social media can provide, they kind of back off a little bit. Really? So I think for you, I think you just do it. I think you do it, you build it. And then in a few weeks, months, whatever, you're like, hey, I have 150,000 followers on TikTok now. And it might be a lot sooner than you think. It, it's the platform's really? insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, man, when, when I saw my video get 400,000 views for me, just giving my two cents on the season finale, Amanda, I was like, okay, I'm sold. Yeah, so right. now I'm just throwing out whatever content I can that is insightful, entertaining, hopefully helpful to people. Right. That's it. That's all I can do. So the the hierarchy is definitely TikTok right now. Um, I've done a lot of work with them. I work with a lot of creators and, and influencers, and I just see it, man. Like these people are making a living creating these bite-sized content on a daily basis. Gary, Gary said buying TikTok now, meaning getting on TikTok yeah. now, is like buying land in Manhattan in the 1800s. 100%. And, and, and that really? is, once again, I'm mad at myself because I didn't get on earlier. I didn't, I didn't put two and two together. I looked at TikTok like you look at Instagram, and I was like, uh, I just don't know what I could do with this platform. Right, right. And, and then I, I kind of looked at Instagram. I looked at Twitter. I looked at LinkedIn, and I basically put it all together. I was like, I could literally, instead of me posting a photo at a premiere talking about the experience and being insightful and motivational and whatever, I could literally be at the premiere and talk about, like, you'll see my face. Right. And, or, you know, I could go live or I could talk about something I just watched on TikTok and make it insightful and entertaining. And, and that's what I've done. And it, it has just taken off. And yeah, the demo is young. So and that is scary for a lot of, older people i right. get it right. but for me i want to connect with that next generation. i don't think the demo is so young i think i think well i think everybody on TikTok, you're saying, yeah, right? yeah on tiktok i think there's everybody is watching it our mom oh is on TikTok. God. She's sharing sure there's let, some... let me let me correct this instagram you don't find a lot of 12 or 14 year olds on instagram right so right. that that is the scary part from a brand standpoint where you got to watch what you say, you got to watch what you do. You got to watch how you interact, all that stuff. Like it's, it's just brand etiquette, but that, that's something where TikTok there isn't really a limit. And I have literal, literal 14 year olds on my TikTok who are so inspired by what I talk about. Wow. And, and that to me is all I could ever ask for. Like we're, we're on there. We're talking about movies. We're talking about life. We're talking about TV shows. We talk about Mando like, but right. it, it is, it's having a safe space where we can all connect and, and elevate each other. It's all kindness that they, mm -hmm. they, they've literally TikTok is the most supportive community I've ever been a part of. And really? I don't even, yeah, I don't even have like a massive following yet, but they, I literally posted about, I'm doing a conference called the growth now summit, uh, in February and I'm speaking at it and i posted about it and i had like 20 people sign up just from tiktok wow like it, i don't know if i got one from instagram i had tw like 20 from like TikTok. like twitter so i've been on twitter now for about two three years and again it was pr purely the author stuff i have twenty five thousand followers on instagram and that was done organically through my publicist she nice. was the one pr putting that stuff I, yeah. I i didn't even know what my password was to log in <laughs> now that i'm in charge of it yeah i'm posting more but like twitter 
is like a toxic cesspool of like, Amen. It, you know, and like, even if, even if you make like a comment, like I am, I, I did a comment on Twitter. I am not sending my kid to school unless there's a vaccine. I had, you know, 20, 30 people saying, amen, God bless you. You're amazing. And then I had 40, 50 people going, <laughs> you should rot in the bowels of hell. You, you horrible, toxic father, psycho. And I'm like, like, okay. Like Twitter, yeah. why do people like, so is, is even, is it even worth being on Twitter? Which I, I just can't just like a mass texting text messaging machine. I, I think everyone should have somewhat of a presence on everything. I use TikTok, uh, Twitter for, for news and quick right. thoughts. Like if mm -hmm. I'm watching the Steelers, like we need to fire the offensive coordinator. This guy's terrible. Like right. I'll, I'll put that out there. But for the most part across the board, I try to be positive and insightful and uplifting. Um, but news related and sports related, I'm on Twitter. But, okay. but I, I think it's important to be on everything. And I think it's important to try everything. When you have 16 year olds like Charlie Melio, she may be 17 now, but having 100 million followers, there's clearly something going on. And even TikTok to me, like, Everyone doesn't understand how she's done what she's done. Like they, it's a, it's a unicorn. But Brad, what's the appeal? I mean, this girl, like, will just, she'll do like the, the sprinkler and then she'll get, uh, no, seriously. What, what's I the appeal? That, yeah. Go ahead. The, really? yeah. the, the appeal is she has been consistent and built a community on that platform. And once you do that, these people will ride or die for you. I have people now saying, what's your PO box? We want to send you presents. And I'm oh just God. like, like once again, doesn't happen on Twitter. Doesn't happen right. on Instagram, but it, it is that together community where I have friends on there who have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. And they literally have Amazon wish lists that these fans can go buy them stuff and they do like this one guy came home and he had a stack of amazon boxes up to the ceiling no and it was like yeah it is it is insane but that is how if you're able to build a community gary talks about all this all the time if yep. you're able to build a community they will show up for you and charlie has done that and then she has been smart about who she collaborates with you see her now with james charles and all these other major influencers and they all just grow together like they did back in the Vine days with King Batch and Logan Paul and that crew. So now it's it's the Demelios and and it's a whole different breed now. So we covered social media, even though we can talk about this all day. You you say you're producer, talent manager. What what are you working on? What, like what is what is your day like? What what are you working on right now outside of social? Well, in a non-pandemic. Uh, uh, world. Um, th this year has been totally different. It's sure. been an unprecedented year, not only really? for myself, but everybody. Yeah. Really? <laughs> uh, but, but the industry really got hit, which I'm sure you guys are aware. So it, it's been, it's been not my usual routine and I've had to kind of adapt and be scrappy in that regard. But, um, this year specifically, I put a lot of time and effort into my development projects. So, you know, whereas they kind of sit on the back burner most times now it's, my sole focus. Uh, I've done a lot of work on my brand. I've done so many podcasts and signed up for a lot of conferences and getting my name out there more and more and more. So hopefully coming out of this, whenever that is, I'm better off in certain areas than I was before. That That's my sole focus. I've realized that I need to yeah. focus on what I can control. And there's a lot right now that we can't control, right? So it's, it's my job to really focus and not get down the fact that my old life, which was 
like I entered 2020 on fire. Like I, I really we was all- in the best. Yeah. So I, I, I entered with a lot of momentum. Yep. I was working with all the major studios. I was going from campaign to campaign to campaign. I had a lot of stuff from the production side and the works ready to go. And then everything just like, you know, hit the floor. Yep. And, and that was a tough pill to swallow because especially when you work for yourself, you guys know this all too well, you work for yourself. So it's all on you. There, there is nobody to fall back on. You know, there isn't a, a scenario that is comfortable in that regard. So I had to pivot and kind of adjust and figure things out. And the early portion of the pandemic, I was in a bad place. Like I, I was really? the, the stress, the depression, the, the switch in life itself. Like it, it, yep. it's, it's not easy to, to just accept. So I had a lot of stuff that I had to figure out and kind of rewire. Cause I'm a, I'm a work oriented person, man. And when my work's gone, I feel like I don't have a purpose 100%. and that is, is hard for me because I'm not a lazy person. I I'm not somebody who wants to lounge around all day. I have to be productive. And if I'm not productive, it really drives me crazy. Yep. So for me, I had to find ways to be productive. And what's so funny about this is the first month or two, I was doing the side projects and things like that, but I still wasn't feeling myself. And I got a call from D rock. D rocks, my boy. Yeah. And he, he hit me up out of the blue. Shout out to D rock. We're in his hoodie. And he was like, Hey man, we're working on this all in challenge. Mm -hmm. Gary started with Michael Rubin and fanatics. And we want to see if you can help out. We know, you know, a lot of people, you know, whatever. I was like, say less. And literally in like a few days I got, uh, Chris Hemsworth, the Russo brothers, Tom Holland, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so I brought those experiences to the all in challenge, uh, I had, you know, FaceTimes with Gary and everybody just kind of united Tyler and that task, like laser focused task. It, it saved you. Yeah. It, it, it got I'm, me back I'm, on the tracks and, and that lit me up. They got me excited. I had a purpose day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how I kind of got back on the horse and really focused. And that obviously built my relationship with Gary and Tyler and D rock further, um, Vayner, <coughs> excuse me, Vayner as a whole. So it was, uh, it was great to be a part of that project to, to just add whatever value I could to help raise money for the all in challenge, which was to obviously feed the hungry. So <laughs> it's something that I really am excited about to, to just have been a part of, and then to continue to grow with that. Obviously the experiences have all been delayed at this point, sure. um, due to COVID. So hopefully next year we can get back to, you know, executing those, like we have this amazing, uh, Thor love and thunder premiere experience that we're going to be doing, which won't be till 2022 anyway. So that's exciting. We can look forward to that. And, uh, we have something with the Russo brothers next film chariot with Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, so hoping we can still manage something with that. And then the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is a incredible on field locker room facility experience. Um, so lots of cool things with that, but, it's all about, like I said, uh, I'm a huge believer in Michael as well in, in manifestation. I like this stuff behind you is no accident. Like that. Bro, that vision is, boards, vision some, boards. Oh, dude, my, my vision board is like I had at one point meet Gary V. Yep. Like 100%. it was on there. Yeah. It was on there. Yep, yep, and yep, then yep. literally, I, it had to have been 
four to six months later, I no was shaking his no accident. No accident. It's the universe, man. I, I got to tell you real quick. I'm not here to plug my shit, but like I wrote a book called Monsterland. It's I wrote it seven years ago. Yeah. And like I made, I turned it into a movie poster because yeah. I, I want it to be turned into a movie. I love my, it. My manager now just got an award-winning Nickel Fellowship screenwriter. Amazing. He won the Nickel Fellowship in 2019. He's assigned to it and he's going to turn this into a big ass monster movie. And my manager says, we're going to go sell this thing. We're going to attach a few of, of the actors and Good I got a director. My, yeah. So like I, I, made, I made this into a movie poster. I yep. signed my name on it right here. Yeah, it's I, amazing. I, it. I love right. that. But like uh, vision boards, are, I have a vision board every December 31st for the last five years. My kids, my, I have a 12 year old son and, a, and an eight year old girl. We go down to our basement and we cut out, we print out everything we want to accomplish in yeah. the next year. I love and that. We have a huge vision board in our basement. And the year I wanted to get a literary agent. Yeah. Four months later, it happened. The, the year I wanted to get my book published because it was published and now I bought the rights back because uh, we're going to go to a bigger publisher. Six just for also, I just want to clarify, it, manifestation is nothing without work and action. Facts, 100%. Oh, yeah. you know, like, like my, my, Michael just wasn't putting it on a board with a, with a pin and then saying, sitting, okay, sitting back, <laughs> right. later, you know, all right, this I is just happening. Shit. I don't know. Like, like the universe winks at you when you put this on a vision board and you go to work for it. And I literally cold called and cold called until someone said yes. And the, the story of getting my attorney, I read her name in a book. Yeah. And like, I was like, oh, she's an entertainment attorney. I had a guy from real quick. I had a guy from London want to represent me and he sent me a contract and I couldn't read this contract. So I read her name in a book. I Googled her and I, I contacted her and I said, you know, my name is Michael. I'm an author. I, I wrote her an email and I hit send. She called me two seconds later. She goes, I've been using your family's car service for 35 years. Wow. And I was like, on my life, I was like, I did not go into our family database. I had no idea. She goes, don't worry about it. She hooked me up with this literary agent. She hooked me up with this manager, and like my career's taken off. But she's also the one that said it, 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 it would have been it would have been it would have been nothing without that cold email. And I, I just I yeah. just want I want to jump back to D Rock. Um, he, uh, you know, he I followed. Yeah, yeah, I followed him on on LinkedIn, and you know, he built his community on LinkedIn over there. And I was feeling lost with our show. I was feeling lost trying to create an audience. And he's like, I'm doing consulting work. Reach out to me. I DM'd him. He didn't write back. I DM'd him again, again and again. He finally wrote back. He's like, all right, let's have a phone call. And we connected. And he gave me three hours of his time where he basically tore apart everything we were doing. Yeah. Com completely ripped it apart to shreds and say, this is how you build a community. This is how you build an engagement. And it's no coincidence. That's that's what we had 100 followers. Then we had 1200 followers. Well, that's the key word. You said engagement. And, yep. th and that's something I put a lot of time into, whether it's client work or myself, my brand. Yep. Um, I've been able to build a decent sized TikTok following already because I respond to every single comment. Yep. I, I address every single comment, question, concern on my lives. I show literal appreciation and love for everyone when they comment when they ask questions and if you don't put time into them they're not going to put time into you and and that is the biggest like easter egg in a nutshell of of how to win on social media and and that's the inclusivity it's it's giving a crap about other people this isn't just a hey look at me look how awesome i am it's 
what are you struggling with right now? How can I help? And, and D-Rock does a masterful job at that. And obviously he's been with Gary for a long time. So there's no surprise there why they connected. Um, but it's all about providing value. And that, that has been my, my MO from high school. It's, are you on a, excuse me, Brad, are you on a first name basis with Gary and D-Rock? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Incredible. It's, it's, it's been cool, man. I, I'm, I'm very lucky to call them friends. I'm very lucky to call AJ, uh, Gary's brother, a friend yeah. who is a genius as well. Um, but, but that's, once again, it, it's no accident. Um, my, my goal is to surround myself with people who I admire and who inspire me. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do. You don't have to be famous, but if, if you're someone who is, is amazing at what they do, you're a good person and you're hardworking, I want you in my life. And, and I've followed Gary for such a long time. And, uh, that, that picture you referenced of Gary and I, um, that was, that was my portion of the photo, but my, my friend Corey Mack was also in the photo and in, in the larger photo. And he's the one that put me on to Gary years ago. Yeah. So I was able to full circle, bring him back, bring him on a project that I was working on with Vayner sports. Corey came out to LA, he shot the event and then we all met Gary together. Um, and that was a full circle kind of thing for me to be able to share that with my, my brother, my best friend and, and, and do that with him. Um, but it, it's the, the manifestation thing. Once again, the stuff behind me is not to say, look how awesome I, I am. It, it is oh, literally like this one here. This is the Avengers Endgame poster. Okay. Mm-hmm. That I did with Marvel, with Disney and with the artist boss logic who designed it. And I, I worked at Warner brothers for two years. I managed the marketing campaigns for TV, film and catalog. I loved my time there. Mm-hmm. When I left, I, I tried to get a job while I was at Warner brothers with Disney and Marvel for years. Mm-hmm. Like I want, once I got a taste of working on campaigns and what that was like, I was like, I got to do this for Marvel. Like I mm-hmm. love, I've done it for DC. I've done it for the Harry Potter franchise. Like mm-hmm. I really want to do this for a Marvel title. I want to be a small piece in that massive machine. So what did you do? So when you say you worked on the, the poster, what, what is that? What does that mean for the Avengers poster? So, so when I was trying to get a job, I, I literally tried, there was probably two or three positions where I came runner up for, and I was, we're talking runner up for a job where I would literally be working on the marketing campaigns for Marvel star Wars. Like, and I, I, I lost, you know, and, right. and most people would throw that vision or that goal away. Like, look, it's not meant to be, I give up, you know? Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. I, that's and, when you have to double down. And that's, that's what I did. I said, look, this route clearly isn't working. This traditional route of getting a job at Disney isn't working. And I, Hey, I'd love it. I would love that, but it wasn't working this route. And I could beat my head up against the wall, but what, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing. Exactly. So, so for me, I was like, all right, pivot. I'm going to bring value a different way. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to one of the biggest artists on Instagram, Boss Logic, who was not signed at the time, who had like 400,000 followers at the time. And I had worked with Warner Brothers. I understand the studio system. I understand how they market their films and spend their budgets and things like that. So I reached out to him. I was like, I want to sign you. I'm going to get you studio work. I'm going to get you Avengers Endgame. I'm going to get you Spider-Man Far From Home. Here's the slate. Let's crush. I think it was 2020, maybe half of 2019 at the same time um let's crush it mm-hmm. sorry 2018 2019 right, definitely right. not 2020 right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so uh 
took six months chasing this guy. Same with you. Sending multiple DMs, no response. Finally got him, got him on the hook, signed him. And literally I got him the first campaign with Universal within like a couple weeks. And he had a very successful year. I did everything that I said I was going to do for him. I blew him up to like 1.7 million in wow. a year. So like four or 500 to 1.7 million in a right. year. And they haven't, there what there hasn't been an artist like him to do what he did ever. So he was like the first of his kind in that regard where a talented fan artist went broad scale, like right. big time. So right. like he blew up and he's and it wasn't insane. fan art. It wasn't fan art. I mean, this is the studio system. Yeah, yeah. But but what I'm saying is he started out as just a fan artist. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So like now right. now he like this was an official poster that rolled out with the film. And that, so, but that was my, how can I bring value? Okay. I'm going to get the biggest artist on social media because if I'm a studio and I have to spend thousands of dollars on creative with an agency, why not spend thousands of dollars with a creative who has hundreds of thousands of followers for your demographic, for the film you're trying to sell much, much better use of right. your dollars. And the studios, when right. I laid that out for them, yep. makes a ton of sense. No, no disrespect to the creative agencies, but this is about value. Right. How much value are you bring to the table? So the last few years, that's what I've done. I've reached out to certain creatives who I think make a ton of sense for a certain title, who can bring a unique twist to the campaign, create unique and interesting content. Because at the same time, a lot of these campaigns look the same now. It's all the same stuff. In theaters Friday, you know, right. like we, we get right. it. And yeah, we're going to go, but you got to get them to stop scrolling. So how do you do that? You create something unique. So with with Boss, I mean, he was able to to work on this this movie, Avengers Endgame, and then right after that, roll into Spider Man Far From Home, which his art was on the uh, 4K Blu Ray box art in stores. So I'd walk into a Target or a Walmart or a Best Buy, and I could see the project that I was a part of. You did and, that. Yeah, and 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 I I mean I handled the business side of everything, but obviously Boss handled the art. But to just be a part of that release, which was my goal from the beginning, remember, right. yep. I went from failing multiple times at getting a job at Marvel to working on the biggest movie of all time. Right, and that, like, I got I got it tattooed on my my arm right here, what and it says it? it says whatever it takes, and that's a line from Avengers Endgame, mm -hmm. and that's been my mantra my entire life. Whatever it takes, get it done. That's amazing. And and that that's so you, you have your own agency, right? Like it's, yeah. it's okay. So like yeah. you wouldn't go work for like CAA or Forward or look, you know, look, I will say this. I, I love working for myself. Right. I am at peace and in my best working for myself. Right. But if CAA calls me up and there's right. an opportunity, I'm taking that meeting. I mean that that there is I, I'm a guy who looks at every single opportunity, whether it's interesting or not. I will get right. on the phone with anybody, whether I immediately think there's an opportunity or not. Because at the end of the day, things develop, things change. Right. I may not take that job with CAA, but our interaction that we have, right? Right. Maybe they're like, okay, that didn't work out, but I like that guy. So I'm gonna keep tabs right. on him. And then it comes back three or five years later. Right. And that's like I I speak so Going back to what you said about manifestation, Eric, is I just launched my campaign with K-Swiss. So I was the face of the, the vision campaign for the startup series. So those are the shoes right there. Um, and vision 
is no different than manifestation. You got to have a plan. You got to have a strategy and you got to do the work. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm, I'm, I've been preaching heavy a lot lately because of that campaign. So I totally agree with you on that. I mean, a lot of people sit around and wish and hope for things to happen. And once again, I could sit and wish all day to work with Marvel, but I had to provide value. I had to do the work. So that's something that I've been desperately trying to figure out. And, and once again, plant your flag in an area where you'll be successful. Gary talks about it all the time, sell to someone, you know, will say yes. And that, that is the big thing. Whereas like I went and got the biggest fan artist at the time with the biggest following who was respected by like, he has some of the biggest names in the business following him because he is that good. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I don't work with him anymore, but that year that we worked together was amazing. Like we, so th this is your prologue. Brad, I want to call I, you bro. I, I want to call you bro. Yeah, like, bro. I, I wanted to ask this. You, this is your you, prologue. What's you what? strike me as a guy with a plan? So, like, what's your five-year plan? I mean, uh, well, the pandemic no, no aside, no, no, yeah, yeah, pandemic aside, dude. I, it, in a few days, and this is going to air in twenty twenty-one. In a few days, twenty twenty is going to be gone with the wind. I can't wait. <laughs> I want to know. Like twenty twenty was it was it was just it was just a nice it was like a yeah. nice vacation for everyone. Unfortunately for the people that passed, you know, it's, it wasn't. But one hundred percent. What what is your chapter one going to be? Because I feel like what what happened in the past few years was just you revving up your engines. Yeah, I mean it. It does not happen overnight for the most part out here, especially in in Hollywood. So for me, it's it's all about building that foundation. And and my foundation, I I, I take time to appreciate the work I've done, big or right. small. I think it's important for everyone to do that, especially in 2020, to give yourself a nice pat on the back and like look. You did all you could. Great job. And everybody needs to do that because at the end of the day, we're all we got. So if, if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. But in all seriousness, going into 2021, I want to keep building. And it's it's building that foundation. It's it's I'm not a connection guy. I'm a relationship guy. So I'm grateful to connect to, to you, Michael, and you, Eric, because I I'm know. a relationship guy. This is not going to be the last time we talk. Yeah, hundred percent. At least I hope. But that's that's my goal when I enter these scenarios where a lot of people are different. They're like, I'm just going to use this podcast. And I'm out of here. Like that's right. not how I operate. That's not who I am. I just want to say, um, we're definitely kindred kindred spirits because that's literally yeah, hundred percent is literally like our thing. And and you say it, and we agree with you hundred percent. Well, I, thank about, you for saying that about, about it all. Um, really couldn't thank you enough for coming on really, um, inspirational to talk to you, um, because we're, we're kind of in the same ship and, uh, 100%. It, it, it feels good to talk to somebody on the same page. Well, I, I appreciate you guys. I mean, the, the big thing in life, you, you rise by lifting others. And I, I that's one of my favorite quotes ever. Um, and it, I, I've been called a people elevator before. And that's one of the best compliments I've gotten um, because if you can elevate and help the people around you, you're going to be sitting pretty because your reputation is going to be sky high. Your internal happiness is going to be sky high and good things come just from both of those things. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I've always tried to be a person of value, big or small. If you can provide value in as many situations as possible, big or small, and do that consistently, your phone will ring every single time. Right. That's why I get calls from DRock. That's why I talk with Gary, Lewis House, Tom Bilyeu, Jay Shetty, Jim Quick. Like these are some of the biggest names in the business. Chris Voss. Like it. It's.
Chris Voss is a similar story to your attorney. I saw him on Lewis House's show, mm-hmm. and I was fascinated by this guy, FBI negotiator turned expert like right. negotiator, his best-selling book, and I connected with him, and we've been friends ever since. But it, it, it's been that kind of thing where it's like, how can I provide value? How can I help you in your business? How can we win together? And that kind of mentality, man, like it's not a connection. So you're not collecting Pokemon cards here, okay? You're people. We're, we have a relationship now. Like that's that's how I look at it. And if more people looked at it this way, relationships would be much stronger and business would be much better. Because if you don't have a solid foundation to your relationship, business is going to go in the toilet. That's just how that works. So that's that's my focus. So moving forward, I want to keep doing what I'm doing at a larger scale. I want to produce. I'm, I'm, I have a five film slate I'm producing right now. I have a TV show that is my my baby. It's an unscripted show that is focused on giving back, making the world a better place, and spreading kindness. And that is a – I actually had a meeting with Gary about it. Um, it is – a game changer. It's an unscripted series that truly is special. Um, so that's my baby right now. And I, it's, it's something that I'm beyond passionate about and I can't wait to continue to chip away at that massive beast as you are with uh, Monsterland, right? Yeah. yeah Monsterland. Um, yep. So it, it, that's my baby. Um, I want to continue to speak. I want to impact and inspire the next generation. I want to spread kindness. I want to spread positivity. You know, life's hard enough. We don't need to be tearing each other down. And and that's something like, you know, it's a competitive business out here. And I think Hollywood has a very negative stigma to it. And I want to change that. I want it to be a very inclusive, diverse, supportive community. Because if you look at everyone in this community, you have some of the most talented, creative people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad at how negative and nasty it can be and, and pathetic at times in that regard. And it shouldn't be that way. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm young, but I'm, I'm trying to make a dent in this massive beast and, and try to make it for the better. And that's my goal moving forward. So producing, I want to manage talent. I want to continue to do that. Um, right now I work with a lot of creatives and influencers and public figures and things like that. I consult with the major studios and brands. Um, I'm just providing value wherever it makes sense. Um, and then, you know, I, I want to get deeper into the music space. I've been kind of playing around in there right now. I like that a lot. One of my, uh, one of the guys I've looked up to for a long time, who's on my board, who I haven't met in person yet is Scooter Braun. And he's a guy that I respect. Uh, I, I share a similar story to him, uh, just based on college and kind of how we got into the industry and things like that. So, I am very much looking forward to shaking his hand and, and getting a picture with him as well. Cause that's a relationship I look forward to growing and, and building on. Um, but the music space, very appealing to me. I haven't ruled out getting back into sports, uh, going back to that agent route. Um, the good thing is I want to do all these different things. And when I say I want to do all these different things, I really mean I'm going to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people like, this is my job and that's cool. But like, I can't just work on one thing. 2021, I think, and 2020 is what amplified it or made it mainstream. I think 2021 is, it's, it's, if you want what you want, then you have to have multiple gigs. We own a, we own a car service, but Michael's also an author. Our mother wrote over 80 children's books. We have a podcast. I mean, we do, and they're not related in any way, shape or form. And it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I agree. If, if you want something, you just do it and you can have multiple gigs. Don't complain if you don't have something, but you never tried to do it. 100%. And, and that's the thing. I failed so many times. I've lost count. Oh, yeah. But that's like, I'm okay with it. Like, I, I literally brush it off and move on. Like, I don't dwell. I don't cry. Like, I just go. And that's that's the best part about it is I, I have massive aspirations. Like, I, I literally, I'm, I swing for the fence and there is no in between. In every aspect of my life, there, there, I never settle in anything. So my main thing, especially out here, I mean, I came from Pittsburgh, man. I came from the sports industry, and I moved 3,000 miles away to work with Robert Downey Jr. That was the L.A. trip, <laughs> right? So, like, I, I don't care how improbable something may seem. I'm going to find a way to figure it out, whatever it takes, right? So that's going into 2021. I think we saw the versatility that's needed to – maintain and and be consistent and the bigger my platform grows and yours grows the more we're going to be able to do and that's the truth and i've seen it firsthand that is my driving force right now is to keep going so i'm i'm really grateful for you guys to have me on the show it's been honor to meet you guys and i look forward to continue to building the relationship and shout out to nick I just want to mention Joe Rogan and, and just to expound on what you said, Joe Rogan was a comedian. Joe Rogan yeah. is an actor. Joe Rogan is a podcast host. Yeah. Joe Rogan is a UFC announcer. Yep. So like, you, you know, Eric and I are going along that route. Yep. Right. So we're not I comedians. Right. But we have this podcast that we yeah. know, we know yeah. it deep in our bones that this is going to be, um, you know, an influencer type podcast that we want to talk to people and learn about their journeys. Like Joe Rogan does 100%. Like, like Howard does. Like, you know, what, I, you know, you know what I equate it to, Michael. Yeah. Like, as much as you know that the sun will rise tomorrow, that's I know yep. that that our podcast uh, that our, I don't I don't like calling it a podcast uh, that our show, show. is, yeah. is, is going to be big. Yeah, you don't have. I don't believe I love my kids. I love my kids. Yeah, and this podcast is going to be huge, and that's how you have to manifest. And, and everything that you said, you just know. Yeah. You know it's going to happen. And yeah. you, it, as much as the sun's going to set, the sun will rise. You're going to wake up tomorrow and intermittent fast and what, whatever it is yeah. that you're going to go and do, yeah. you know that it's going to happen. And that's what that's what we preach on this show, that as much as you believe in the thing that you believe in most, make that to the things that you want the most. And every setback is just, it's it's the universe's winky at you saying, what are you going to do now? You're yeah. going to give up? It's a challenge. Keep moving forward? Absolutely. Yeah. At the end of my book, uh, Just Ask the Universe, the final chapter is setback, schmetback. Because, right. because everything in life is a setback. Yeah. Every minute of every day is a setback. That's what movies are, man. I, I'm a movie aficionado. Yeah. And if the, if the Avengers would have just walked up to Thanos, taken off the glove, crushed it, and, and we would have lived happily ever after, there would have been no movie. There had to have been 10,000 setbacks for the for the team. Yeah. Eric and I are huge Marvel guys, if you didn't already know. But, um, you know, I love your energy. Thank I you, love man. what you're doing. Um, just keep fucking going, Brad. Because right back Eric, at you, boys. Eric, yeah, and Eric and I are on, like, the Brad train. Like, we're officially, Thank like... You. We're friends. We're bros. It's it. Yeah, you, have a, you have a platform anytime that you want to come on to discuss the new projects that you're doing. Um, you know, Eric and I want to talk after the show. So, I, Brad, you're a bro for life, bro. I, we appreciate you coming Thanks, on. <laughs> Love the energy. Everyone, like, subscribe, leave comments. Go to Brad. Oh, plug your shit away. Where, where can we? Where can people find uh, you? You can check me out on Instagram at Brad R Lambert and uh, same username for TikTok. 
great. And if anyone's okay. out there looking for a manager to boost their career, go to this gentleman right here. Right here. All we right. appreciate it, guys. Thank you all. And uh, we'll see you all later. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Bye, boys. everyone. Go Steelers. Bye -bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>